You're listening to Shields Up, a Star Trek podcast from More Trek Media. Welcome to Shields Up podcast, the Star. Oh fuck! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shields Up, Star Trek podcast. I'm Chris, and with me as ever is Nev. Hey Chris, how you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks very much. Today we are talking about a classic Star Trek Next Generation episode, Measure of a Man. Um, yeah, this was this was my pick, mm-hmm. so um, I've been itching to do this one, and I know you love this one as well. But I've I've just been itching to do it, and I think it's it's. It, it it goes into so much mm-hmm. in the in not only just TNG but just across the Star Trek universe and it is pertinent to us um, generally as well. I'm I'm, I'm going to wax lyrical about this one. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. You're right. I I do like this episode because I've always liked the strong moral beliefs that the Federation is supposed to have, but all we have are the strong moral beliefs of Captain Picard at this point really don't we in in, in star trek lore um and oh, I, did, I disagree I, th- I think it it shows the the strong morals from from a, a bunch of different perspectives um all of which including maddox mm-hmm. are understandable yeah I, I, w- I was just trying to say sorry <laughs> that um that it's Picard's strong moral right that life should be protected regardless of what it is Um, Mm -hmm. and where you said like Maddox is right after a fashion he believes that Data is just a machine with no more thoughts and um, rights or opinions or or anything than than as um, a a toaster that is a <laughs> that was Lavoie. Yeah, that's that. right. He, I can, yeah, the, she, she. He's just a toaster. Or no more than a toaster. That's right. And On, and, yeah. and it's it's Picard's impassioned plea about seeking out new life, and they've found it in the form of data. And why are they taking that away from him just because they've decided it? So, um, you know, even Riker in his defense just shoot shows that he's a mere machine but they they attack it from two different sides don't they Riker's saying he is just a machine whereas Picard is saying well there's more of an ineffable quality to data <laughs> than just programming yeah and it was that ineffable quality comment that really took Maddox it took him by surprise mm-hmm. um he dismissed it, of course, in his head. You can see that written all over his face. Um, but this is fundamentally, it's, it, it is about human rights, mm-hmm. uh, despite data not being human. Um, it, it is about those rights, and it's, it's, it's holding a mirror up to ourselves. How do we apply those those same questions that are asked of data to other people here mm. in our society, in other countries, from from elsewhere. I'm sorry, my cat is being just piss off. <laughs> He's playing with wires. Get. <laughs> I 
So, yes, much like uh, Archer has has his dog as well. Um, obviously, Picard is well known for having his lionfish in the aquarium. I have Benedict, and he's a little sod. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fat cat. He is a he is a big cat, and he's probably the clumsiest I've ever met. <laughs> You know, you see on the internet these videos of of cats delicately stepping around things to try and get to the food on the other side, and then dogs ploughing through. Well, Benedict, he's he's more like a Labrador, <laughs> channeling his inner doofus. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, back on topic. Mm. This episode is um, it, it does it raises the question to us as well, as all good. TNG episodes do, or those that, that, that really sort of strike a moral point, or question our own morals. So, um, what is the measure of a man? What what is what makes a person, and what makes some someone or something not a person? Benedict, of course, would be just firmly on the side of Maddox and condemn Data to to a horrible death. But he's a cat. Um, as humans watching this, we look at this slightly differently. That's 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 right, and we empathise with Data. I mean, this is um, the first third of the second series, so we've already seen thirty odd episodes, and we mm-hmm. already know this is later than uh, this is later than the other episodes that we've covered, where he's shown to have emotion, which we talked about in in a previous episode. Um, where he is embarrassed about being corrected by the computer of all things and prideful and, and things like this. So, yes. so he isn't just a machine that thinks it's a, he's aware. He has much deeper reasoning and awareness yeah. of himself. Because, I mean, what does um, Picard ask Maddox? What defines um, sentience? Of the the, yeah. the three things you know have to be self-aware have to be conscious um i can't remember the other one um and data fulfills all those requirements which for someone like maddox who just sees him as a machine and go i want to make more doesn't hasn't thought about those things yeah, it's it's again it's referring back to that ineffable quality, and that's that's really highlighted by say the the, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. So you've got um, Pulaski, uh, Doctor Pulaski, you've got uh, Riker, you've got Data, you've got Geordie. They're sitting there playing poker. Mm-hmm. It's um, Data's first game as well, isn't it? Yeah, and he's read up on everything. Mm-hmm. He knows everything about the game. Yeah. He can work out the odds without even. You know, breaking a sweat, mm-hmm. you can do it in, in 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 milliseconds. And it's he goes ahead, he states the odds to start out with. Yep. And and then you know he he does question things such as with Riker. He says when Riker ups the ante, mm-hmm. he says, "Is that what is known as a poker face?" Um. And then he loses the game. Even though, statistically speaking, uh, well, he, he had the best cards. Yeah, he had three of a kind. And um, 
Yeah, you're right. He doesn't understand how Riker could have won. He didn't have, he didn't have the winning hand. And yeah. the Forge points out that, but Riker did win, <laughs> because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he. It's not about knowing the rules or understanding the statistics. It's he won because he didn't realise that he would get caught by the bluffing. Yeah, exactly. So, and you can't. I'm sure that somebody will correct us and say, well, actually, um, but you can't win a game of poker by just knowing the odds. You have to know the people. Mm -hmm. And that's an entirely esoteric concept compared to the logic of knowing the odds of saying, I've got XYZ in my hand. Yeah. And this person likely has this, that, and the other. The difference is looking at that person and trying to work out are they bluffing and that you just can't you can't qualify no that's right because he he could understand the statistics but he's like well the odds of him having this are this uh, he didn't know how to call his bluff because he was only thinking in the, the realms of the statistics of the of the game and what is available to Riker and he thought, well, exactly. I've got three of a kind. What has he got? Oh, hold on. He's got four hearts there. The other one has got to be a fifth heart for a flush if um, he's still betting. Exactly. And it, and it's, it's, it's that leap beyond the logic mm-hmm. that makes him more of a person. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he fully understands it after the effect, after the event. Because he uses that example to Maddox. Yes, exactly. And and, and that 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 is that's a good example of of, of how he's progressed as a as a person by moving beyond logic and to mm-hmm. empathy. That's which which empathy is 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 going to be a key thing in that. It's not it's not like it's not like let's say for example Terminator Two. Right, they're in um, they're in the steelworks, mm-hmm. and the T one thousand is there, and he's got the spike of his finger through Sarah Connor's shoulder, and he says to her, "I know this hurts." That's entirely different from understanding the pain or empathising with the pain it causes. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but I think that... Yeah, un- understanding how something is does not necessarily mean you understand what it is. As the data says, you know, I've absorbed all this information about it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I understand the information that I've absorbed. I could know every single thing. I've read every single book, every single treatise about anything, but understanding how it is is yeah. different to understanding what it is. Yeah, it's it's moving beyond the logic, but um, also in this in this we have um, we have the uh, the doctor, Doctor Polanski. Doctor Polanski, yeah, who I'm not a huge fan of. Oh, oh doc, doc, Doctor Polanski, sorry. Dr. Polanski. Um, she, uh, the the well beloved doctor. <laughs> um, she though then goes ahead and explains to Data and for the audience who are not quite so quick to catch on. 
Um, it's part of the reason why we love her, I think, is that she she just sits there and um, and just explains the script. I, th- I think, um, and and her lovely voice as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's not so bad. At the beginning of the second series, I didn't really like her that much, but I warmed to her by the end. They they did a really good job of her her um, accepting data throughout the mm-hmm. series because a lot of the time she joins in, you know, like uh, elementary my dear date elementary dear data. Sorry, and she goes, oh, I'm going to come along just to see what's how he deals with these things. Mm-hmm. And um, because he, she just goes, oh, it's a machine. It doesn't understand. It doesn't feel. It doesn't emote. It doesn't empathise. That's how she was. But by the end of it, she's she's like, data is as relevant as anybody else. Yeah, and she she progressed in that way. But I, I think personally, the 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 the, the lady who played, uh, I think I think that she was set up. Do you reckon? <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Well, she, Beverly Crusher was a was a well loved character mm-hmm. in the first series, and she she really established herself. And then they replaced her with this kind of, you know, axe faced, uh, metaphorically speaking, not not literally, but um, um, hard nosed character who had no love for Data and immediately alienated herself mm. from the rest of the crew. Um, and I really think they they really set her up with that. Um, so I do I do feel sorry for her in that way. The the um, the actress playing her because it's really obvious that she doesn't get on with anyone. Yeah, she just sort of walked in and antagonises. Yeah, that's pretty much the size of it. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, Though I I certainly didn't like her when I first watched this. You know, mm-hmm. back in the early nineties when I first watched TNG. Because she wasn't Crusher, you know. All of a sudden, at the beginning of the second series, they've got this new person in who is mean to like the cool character, which is Data. And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she just sort of wanders around with this air of superiority, it seems. But now I'm older, you know, I, I understand her character more mm-hmm. and the way that she was written. But you're right, I think she was she was just set up to... Be a, be, like, be a, ooh, it's a, that horrible Doctor Woman. Yeah. It would be like going to the original series and, um, you know, season two, episode five, Kirk turns around. Spock, I mean, ah, oh, sorry, I forgot Spock transfer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you make of this? Oh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and just someone completely different. I think it, it, yeah, with with the change in the character, at least it was like the second series, and not like, like the middle of the fifth or something like that. You know, because that would have been really <laughs> jarring. But, yeah, yeah, that, that that's true. Yeah. Anyway, should we stop talking about Pulowski? Yes. And talk Let's about Philippe Lavoie. Philippe, uh, sorry, let me just quote the card here. My. God, that's, that's, that's what he says when he sees her, and and My I just God. thought, who is this woman that makes Picard express himself so 
so so so so strongly so forcefully my god it transpires that that, that she is the prosecutor for the uh, for the stargazer incident yeah yeah um with the with the original picard maneuver now supplanted of course by the uh, by the new picard maneuver which is the uh, um the jacket tuck isn't it yes exactly <laughs> um philippa lavoie so um yeah she's she is in charge of the 23rd sector jag office now i i, I didn't know what jag was i, I had an idea as to do with some sort of military tribunal and justice but apparently it's a, it's judge advocate general so i'm sure there are pe- people out there and, and including yourself you knew this mm-hmm. um i didn't know this to start only because with. there was a really naff tv show in the 90s called jag i've heard of this i've, I've clearly missed out i was watching too much too many uh, 80s reruns of night rider <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the kind of justice that i want <laughs> justice for people who operate above the law exactly yes yeah bit of old chuck norris as well but uh, anyway so um she she comes in and she and and they they exchange pleasantries but you see that it sort of goes into a little bit of a little bit of sort of underhandedness and uh, picard comes out with probably one of the most English put-downs mm-hmm. that I've heard on Star Trek. Obviously, Picard is English, and any put-down he does is English, but this is particularly English. Yeah. And she says, uh, hopefully, we can make some good lore out here, and he comes back with, anything is possible. <laughs> That's right. I like, um, I like their little dynamic as well, because there was clearly some sort of romantic tension there. And mm-hmm. I wonder if they were younger before the court-martial, Picard's court-martial following the loss of the Stargazer, which is apparently, she said, standard procedure, and she's just doing her job. And I think that sort mm-hmm. of ruined things between them a little bit. Um, but there's like the, the weird flirting, isn't there? You go, do you know what I would do if you were alone with, if I was alone with you right now? And she would break a chair across my face? <laughs> I just like I, I like the little uh, the little thing because they're both like um, they are both flirting and stuff. And when she's she goes, oh yeah, you know, you can buy me dinner. Uh, they are. So. And, and do, do you know what? With we we see plenty of romance in in TNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's Riker, the sexual force um, that is. Riker, it, yeah, exactly. The sexual force that is Riker humping anything with a pulse, mm-hmm. um, you know. And we see various, you know, we did as referred to in this episode, which we'll come to later. There's there's Data and Tasha Yar, mm-hmm. um, but we really want to see Picard just smile and and just be happy with mm-hmm. with with someone, you know. Yeah, we do. And we, yeah, we do see it a few times during the series, don't we? With with Picard. We, we do, but this was one of the earliest opportunities for him, if I recall correctly. And and I was thinking, initially when they met, I thought, when well, he's at, my God. Um, I just thought, oh, oh, this is interesting. Oh, we could actually see him sort of maybe take her out to dinner. Candles. Oh, great tea hot. That kind of thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. Um but it kind of it kind of all went a bit south when they actually started <laughs> that's right when yeah when they were like going oh we were directed to each other but you still did prosecute me 
and it was quite obviously it was quite bad for Picard. I mean, it went you know he's still the captain and whatnot, but I don't think he had an issue with being investigated and all of that because obviously, given if uh, we'll we'll cover the Stargazer at some mm. point, um, but given the incident in the Stargazer, you would he would expect to be investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think his his issue was, as he says a bit later, his, his issue was the was was the was the method of it. Mm-hmm. It was um, you all. Uh, he, say, he says to her, he says, you always enjoyed the adversarial process more than getting at the truth, and that's a bit vicious. And I I, I think maybe if he was on the other end of that, as it sounds like he was. Mm-hmm. I could understand his hostility toward her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're very true. I think perhaps in her younger days she had the zeal for it, um, mm. and was was more concerned about chasing that excitement than than getting to the truth. But she does leave us hanging at the end of that conversation. Mm-hmm. She calls him a damn sexy man. Yeah, well, you know he is in his way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it just the way he looks after that is it's a bit awkward because mm-hmm. he's like thanks but I don't like you but thanks but I don't like you right. <laughs> he, he seems <laughs> yeah yeah t- t- torn yeah he does he does he does but um yeah so we get introduced to her mm-hmm. and she's she's an unknown factor in all of this so far and we haven't actually sort of got to the crux of the the story but she's introduced and she is Mm -hmm. she's there so she's clearly going to be something to do with the story but we don't know what is she there to investigate Picard probably not given that conversation because she might have she would have given it away in Mm -hmm. that given their relationship that's right but then um, we get the uh, Admiral come onto the bridge Mm -hmm. Uh, they're at Starbase Close to the neutral zone. Yeah, that's right. Star Base 173, newly constructed on the, the neutral zone. Uh, Nak Nakamura, sorry, um, is all like, yeah, well, we need to tell those Romulans that we're not a pushover and blah blah blah. Even though it's not like fully staffed or anything, it's a bit, you know, I think it's just posturing from him, isn't it? Yes. We're introduced to the guy that he's with, the smug-faced Maddox. It's 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 not quite as easy as that because mm. he comes onto the bridge like Admiral on the deck, says Riker mm-hmm. in his big manly voice. Makamura mm-hmm. comes on, starts talking and oh blah 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 blah. We need to put the wind up those old rummies. <laughs> That's right, uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't like it up, sir. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> like it up. <laughs> don't panic, Mister Batteries. <laughs> It does. It does have that whole feel. It about does. It. it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and and then he says, uh, "Oh yeah, by the way, this is Maddox. He's going to take apart data." Yeah, all all off the cuff is like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he's being transferred. He's going to take him apart." And... Yeah, but, but then then it turns. It focuses on data, and suddenly we get going back to Night Rider. We get this eighties. Dun, 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 yeah, we, yeah, we do. We do. It's it's, it's quite funny. Um, it just seems really out of place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite funny. 
it is. It is because it, um, Maddox and Data already know each other. Um, Maddox didn't want him to join Starfleet. He was the only person on the admissions panel to oppose Data's admission. Yes. Because he yeah, said like I, Data's I not that. a sentient life form. Yeah, I, I learned that in this in this episode here. So um, it, it he's I think he's been on his case for a while, mm -hmm. hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's followed his he's followed his career. Obviously, I mean, Data is Lieutenant Commander, third officer of the Enterprise, the flagship of the Federation. So he's he's the associate chair of robotics, as well as Maddox. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously following Data's um, career, um, and he's got to this point, and he's like going, "Well, if this one android can do it, then." What can we do with hundreds of androids, thousands of androids? Mm -hmm. um, and his idea to figure it out is just take it apart. You know, with no real... Uh, I, my stuff sort of works, it doesn't really. But I'm hoping when I destroy your third officer, um, I'll figure it out. You know, it seems... Yeah. Really, even at that point that sloppy work because you wouldn't yeah. say to a mechanic oh my car's making a funny noise and they go oh, I'll take it apart and see what's wrong with it you know you wouldn't you'd be like uh, no <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't really know how it's put together but I reckon if I just dismantle it I reckon I'll be able to put it back together you know and that's and that's <laughs> what Maddox is saying and, and and regardless of whether or not anybody thinks data is a sentient life form or whatever they're thoughts on that he is a unique one of a kind and Maddox shouldn't be able to go in there all gung-ho saying oh you know like my theories are the best but they're still full of holes but this one this one android that we have which is fully functional and working and thinks itself aware and and is quite capable at his the role he's been given on the starship we're just going to take him apart that seems like um bad um managerial decision from the higher ups at starfleet yeah it just it, it and the fact that he's got a stupid smug face like oh, what a punch uh so i'm kind of against him anyway <laughs> probably doesn't help <laughs> no. and the the dramatic music when 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 he announces data's disassembly as mm. well so um that probably doesn't help we are we are very much set up to dislike maddox yes and everything else aside yeah you're right about his face <laughs> yeah he's just <laughs> that entire episode he's got this stupid smug face fug stupid smug look on his face and it's just frustrating mm. and i think it's it is there so you don't like him yeah, I mean, if, if to be honest, if that's what the director requested of mm -hmm. him, the actor, he did a really good job. He of it. he delivered, yeah, and then some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Maddox is 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 here to disassemble data, mm -hmm. and, and from this off the cuff, and 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 to be honest, this this off the cuff remark from the admiral was bullshit because. Um, it shouldn't have been that because he has been, as we see 
later in the episode he's a decorated officer mm-hmm. and so such a decision should not have been so casual and any leader in this case admiral worth his salt would have known that before just going you know it's, it's not like they're just going to say oh we're going to take shuttlecraft one and just disassemble that any leader worth his salt would have known mm-hmm. that that yeah would have met with resistance regardless of the regardless of the truth of it you know whether data is sent in or not he is part of he's part of the um part of the crew part of the team and all of that mm-hmm. this is you know this 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 is not just some you know run of the mill machine uh, yeah we're taking that uh space spanner 2.0 off of you oh yeah okay yeah fine have at it not quite the same no it's not it's not they they do try to make that assertion though don't they you know when um Lavoie calls him a toaster or they said what if the enterprise computer refused a refit or an upgrade this stupid cat of yours is attacking my feet <laughs> <laughs> i've told you before he's a sod <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> um benedict come here no, he's not. He's oh, my shoelace is undone, and he's very interested oh, in that now. Oh, he's he's not going to listen to me. Though. No, Sorry. no. Um. <laughs> so, but you know, it, it it's it. Uh, fuck! I can't read my own writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. can read all but one word i am something i will find the right answer i'm conflicted no i can't help you i'm afraid <laughs> no so so maddox presents uh data with his transfer orders mm-hmm. uh so to transfer to his facility for disassembly and so on and so forth yep um, which, as you know, Data is a Starfleet officer. If he's presented with those orders, then he, he needs to follow them because th- those are orders. Yeah, um, I think I think Maddox's plan just to to copy Data's memories from his positronic brain into the Starbase computer and then deactivate. He, he did, it's, it's not copy. It's, he wants. He says. He says he wants to dump them, which means removal. That's right, yes. Okay, yeah, dump Data's memories from the positronic brain into the Starbase computer and then deactivate and disassemble Data in order to find out how it works. And then mm-hmm. and then there's like, they're in the, ready, in the uh, conference room and he goes, tell me exactly what it is. And Data asks, you know, have you built a positronic brain? Have you solved the important first step, the electron resistance across the neural filaments? And Maddox is like, no, but I reckon if I investigate your brain after I've taken you apart, I think I can find the answer. And he says, because yeah, in, initially Data is is says, oh, this sounds like an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. I think Data if, would have been up for it if he wasn't being de- deactivated, and disassembled with with the Maddox saying, oh, the the, the damage and the risks to Data are negligible. But mm. Maddox is going at the point where he's just a machine. He doesn't have mm-hmm. anything, you know. If he if his 
if he's if he if he wipes all his memories accidentally you know he doesn't have anything it doesn't matter to Maddox because he's just a machine and he can just mm-hmm. um like read all the data again it doesn't matter or you know all the, yeah. the books and everything because he is just a machine it's not he doesn't care about the experiences or the personality or the person that is data mm-hmm. so when he says the risks of data are negligible he means that the hardware isn't going to get damaged yeah. but his his actual essence which he doesn't believe he has could be destroyed but he doesn't care and that's where yeah, exactly. yeah and that's where um data's like yeah but that won't be me if that happens surely again again maddox is playing a game of poker just like data was at the beginning mm-hmm. of, of, of the story and he's playing knowing all the cards knowing all the odds but without understanding the people behind the game mm. And, and in this case, this particular person is data, but it also expands out into the wider crew and their appreciation of him as an individual. Mm-hmm. So, um, it just um, it, it go after after this, in which it's blatantly obvious. That we also, if we did like Maddox before, we really don't like him now. Yeah, because he he just totally poo-poo's the idea that his ideas won't work or that they mm-hmm. need a bit more bit more uh work on them and he just goes well here's the um here's the the uh starfleet command orders he's yeah just... well he's just he's just like soon isn't he isn't he he's he's, he's he is as arrogant as soon mm-hmm. um the the creator of data yeah um although you know, obviously soon in terms of brilliance is a different level from anyone else in this episode but he was still arrogant, mm. and and after this, you know, Picard does what he does best. Is my cat causing hell down there? Yeah, he's, he's running around. Shall I go and investigate? Hang, uh, let's let me find figure out. Wait, I'll be I'll be back. I'll, I'm coming down. I'll be okay. back in a sec. Hello, are you back? Yes. Yes. Right. Where was I going with this? I, I, I got completely <coughs> distracted because I could hear all sorts of noises. We, um, we were talking about... We, we, you just said, like, in Picard in his way. Yeah, so... But after, after the meeting in the, in the conference room with Maddox, you know, Picard does what we all know and love him for. He's, he's human about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he sends for data and just wants to ask him how he feels about it mm-hmm. he, he does try to uh, to persuade data to submit to the procedure so mm-hmm. this is like going oh you know maybe you should you know yeah because he, he needs to play devil's advocate because he he's he, you know he's a ranking officer mm-hmm. he's a member of starfleet and and data has received orders from starfleet from an admiral, no less, mm-hmm. and or at least with an admiral's authority, and so therefore he he plays the game and um, says, "This is you know these are the orders that have been received." What's the effect of these are the orders that have been received, and um, I need to ensure they're executed and executed correctly. Mm-hmm. But then he does say. Well, we have a problem, and and data agrees. 
does. He does data, um, data points out that it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be asked to go through with the procedure if he was human. Yeah. Isn't it? Because he says like, uh, Geordie's eyes are much more, um, the cybernetic implants are, are much better than normal eyes, you know? They're proven better with the cybernetic implants. Why is why are, why is it not compulsory that all Starfleet officers have cybernetic implants? Yeah, and, that, and that's a great example. Mm -hmm. But also, just going back to what you said earlier, you you said human. Mm -hmm. Well, why? What would the same thing happen if we asked? If sorry. <clears throat> Would the same thing happen if the same thing were asked of Troy, or Wolf. who is half Beta Z, or Wolf, mm -hmm. who is absent from this episode? Is he in this episode? Because I don't remember seeing him. No, he was in the. He was at the party. Oh, he was at the party. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah he just he, seems to he, be a bit uh, absent. He, he bought him book, didn't he? he uh, that was it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if, if if later on, you know, you've got. You've got plenty of other species in the Federation. Yeah. Would we, you know, would would they say you're an Andorian? We need to cut off your uh, antennae for dissection. Um, you're a Tellarite mm -hmm. with an amazingly tough and resilient constitution. We'd like to take you apart and see what happens. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's they're using the word human to emote more with us. Aren't they? And the fact that the crew of the Enterprise is mostly human. And I appreciate that, but yeah, I was just trying to sort of say, you know, yeah, put a different but, spin on it and say, what if, you know, if we're not talking about humans, would you ask that of any of these other species? Mm -hmm. Your Vulcan, uh, we'd like to study your pointy ear tips. That's right, or, or your um, or your telepathic powers, which are, you know, how yeah. do you get those? We're going to chop your brain open to see what, what the differences are. Well, funny you should mention that. There is an original series episode called Spock's Brain. Have you ever seen it? I must have done, but I haven't seen the original series in a long time. Well, I think we need to, because it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll come back to that yes. one. Yes, all right. Um, yeah, so Picard then sees it from the perspective of, you know, this is, this is a living... Uh, metaphorically sentient being that's the word isn't it so, he, he, he says because he's not human and even considered yeah. not to have true sentience and that's what the thing comes down to it's it's sentience mm. it's mm -hmm. not about you know if they're human or or Klingon or Beta Z or, or whatever it's it's how people perceive data is he just a machine or is he a sentient life form. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's that's the whole crux of the episode. Mm. Is Data sentient? And we as the audience are fully aware that he is, mm -hmm. given what we've seen having watched him for, what, one and a half seasons? Yeah. And we've seen the progression with him. Mm -hmm. But of course, Maddox hasn't seen that, although he comes in like he's never seen anything <laughs> mm. it's it, it it is and it, and it's you know Picard does what uh, again like I said what we know and love him for 
he, he makes a stand. That's right, yeah, because Data says, I see it's precisely because I'm not human. And then Picard just sort of looks stern and goes, that'll be all, Mr. Data. And then instantly mm. stands up and says, give me all the regulations on Starfleet officer transfers. Yeah. Uh, to try it's... and stop the transfer. Which is... and do, and do you know what's what's great about him is, is he does that. Mm. And he doesn't go into full theatrics there's there's no there's no hamlet speech here from him although he could deliver one very well i'm sure mm-hmm. um he just goes straight into right i need to get this problem fixed mm-hmm. and i need this information now as opposed to being dramatic about it i i'm always happy when somebody uses the word gobbledygook in a tv show as well Right, <laughs> and uh, and he just walks in there to Lavoie's office, doesn't he? I don't understand any of this gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he just he he jumps on her straight away, not figuratively, um, to help make a ruling about this. Yeah, he he demands that she does something about mm-hmm. it, and. Um, she puts him in quite the position as well, mm-hmm. doesn't she? With uh, with her lack of manpower. Yeah, there's. There. She does. She does later on. Um, no, she, she does later on. Mm, she? Yeah, because. Oh, she does later on. Yeah, yeah because sorry. she <laughs> says Data could resign. There's always a choice, and Data could resign. Yeah, she she taunts him with that, and it is that she, she's really needling with it, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah, I think it's still. You know her trying to be like a little bit playful with him, maybe, or because I don't really think that's her character. It might be just be her still sort of playing around with Picard a little bit. Yes. Yeah, and so and so that is exactly what Data does, mm. and um, he then has a, a really interesting confrontation with Maddox. Uh, but before did... that, he does. Sorry. Oh, go on, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's alright. And 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 Data then does go ahead and do that. We we find out, but before we do that, we we get it's it's quite poignant, mm. actually. It's when he's going through his things, and then we see that hollow of Tasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's clear, even though he's fairly expressionless and all of that, it's clear that when he packs that. He packs that for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not got any practical thing. He he's probably got a complete visual record, mm-hmm. visual olfactory and audio mm-hmm. and all of that in his head. Yeah, which somewhere. he can bring up wherever he likes. Precisely, but yet he still packs that little hollow of Tasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things which are important to him. Do you notice that he puts into the bag his medals mm-hmm. and the picture of Tasha and a book. Which was given to him, probably by Picard, because Picard likes mm-hmm. books, doesn't he? He's the only one you ever see with one. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are things which are important to him. Which, if he was just a mere machine, he wouldn't be taking because they wouldn't mean anything. And why would he have them anyway? Why would he have that image of Tasha if it didn't mean something to him? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 you know we we all have things that are precious to us mm-hmm. things that would be worthless to anyone else mm-hmm. i have them you have them yep. everyone listening has 
something that it, it could be you know something worthless some sort of some sort of little giveaway in a box of cereal or something yeah but just a, it's the thing that reminds you exactly of, of, we of wouldn't give that, that thing, away yeah. for the world mm. yeah exactly and, and and for him those are you know that that book for example that you you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, well, we can see it's a very old volume and it's, it's clearly you know had year spent years on a shelf and it's been or it's been read you know many many times and he's probably memorized every single word and he could probably read it verbatim mm-hmm. despite it's what 900,000 odd pages or whatever it is yeah it's a big old tome isn't it <laughs> exactly um, but the, the, the point of the point of fact is that he treasures that physical item because the physical item means something to him and that is 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 inc- it's incredibly human. Yeah, this this next bit where Maddox appears just goes to show how little regard he has for Data and his agency, Data's own agency. I know. He just walks My in. Blood boiled. He just My blood boiled. walks in and just starts poking around this stuff because he still thinks of him as a machine. He's just a machine. Why does he have these things? He would never dare walk in on. I know uh, Maddox is a higher rank than Data, but he still mm-hmm. just wouldn't walk in on him. No, or, or no, on anybody. Not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't walk in just on an ensign. You'd just be like, mm-hmm. ring a doorbell. But because he just thinks of him as just a machine, he just walks in and just starts poking around his stuff. And he starts picking up and leafing through this book. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm quite, quite old-fashioned in, in some regards. I've, I've got a great reverence for books. Mm-hmm. And if someone started leafing through my bookcase, I'd be quite happy with that. To be honest with you, but I'd like to be asked first. <laughs> yes, especially one which was packed away. He just goes yeah, through, well, through, through his bag. Well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, even more so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh god, and, I, I can't tell you how much my blood was boiling. And, um, and again, he just happened. he just says, "I don't think you've got your things right." So um, I'm not reporting because I've resigned. And Magnus going, "You can't resign." <laughs> you can't. One way or another, it's, data, you'll be reporting to me than to my office. It's so funny because because in order to be able to sign up for Starfleet, one would imagine you, you'd have to make a conscious choice to do it. Or sign the contract or whatever. I'm sure you have to. Oh, or sign the contract. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in order to resign, you need to have the, the you need to make a conscious act mm-hmm. to you know resign your commission. So. Maddox's logic is a bit flawed there because surely in order for him to be a member an officer and so on of Star Starfleet mm. he'd had to have made a conscious decision to join in the first place which kind of makes his ar- argument fall flat on its face because if he couldn't do that then surely he couldn't resign because it never existed yeah. his, his commission that is yeah because they're saying like on the special advisory board where they let data join that maybe it was like, oh, let's see how an android does cope with these things and see see what does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's slightly different than this, but or or it's just something that they put in because they didn't think that thirty years later nerds would be picking holes in it. It's one of them, isn't it? 
Speak for yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we find out Data is actually property of Starfleet. Mm. Or so they say. Yeah, and this 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 is when we go into a whole new aspect of the thing. Mm -hmm. Data is property, and then we start. If we go down Maddox's route, we then make more of him, as he said. You know, hundreds of them. You know, think of what all these datas could do, and then we turn into the whole slavery argument. Mm -hmm. Helpfully brought up by Guinan. Yeah, which Guinan, um, that, what I think what she says is is the most is is the most poignant thing in this. And so even though we don't see her with data, what what she says is 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 the most is uh, the most poignant words in the episode and the really the most thought provoking. Which, to be fair, they use Whoopi Goldberg, the character of Guinan, mm. to do um, when she shows up. She's not a regular uh, character, but when she shows up, she's always got something to say. And it's and it's you know I'm quite excited because she's going to be in well apparently next in the, in the next series of Picard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was there was talk about that, wasn't there? Which should be good to see her come back again. Yeah, exactly. And I th I think she's a great character. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed her as, as, also in um, not First Contact what's that one? The Generations yes. yes didn't like much about that movie but I did like her yeah yeah but she says um, she says consider in the history of many worlds they've always been disposable because it's too difficult too dangerous they do all the dirty jobs mm -hmm. an army of data is all disposable you don't have to think about their welfare you don't have to think about the way they feel whole generations of disposable people you're talking about slavery that's right the easy euphemism of property mm. that's yeah, because it's it's you don't call it slavery it's it's just owning stuff you know it's it's fine it's, it's just a piece of property it's not it's not owning another being a sentient being you know which is which is exactly what would happen if um if maddox got his way if they yeah, if they yeah. didn't rule in in data's favor to say you know he's a sentient being with the rights afforded to sentient beings to be able to choose what it wants to do, um, then they are just a being whose welfare and needs aren't worthy of thought by anybody. Because it's just a thing. It doesn't matter. It's just a thing. Send yeah. off the robots to go and, you know, these, these beings who have thoughts and feelings, send them off to the mines. Mm -hmm. Send them off to these dangerous areas. Send them off to war. It doesn't matter. Exactly, and it's this 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 theme is actually, um, and I think I might end up picking these ones at some point in the future. is is explored really well in uh, there's an episode of Voyager, mm -hmm. 
where the emergency medical hologram for the doctor yeah writes a play and it's about the holograms gaining freedom and then there's a holographic colony they're all clones of him under under the whip under the yoke of of another species and the word of revolution starts to spread. So there's there's that. Mm-hmm. And then there's an episode of Enterprise as well, which has two sentient species have grown up on this planet and one of them are, have got this disease. And the other ones are seen as sort of uh, sub, uh, I say subhumans, sub, they're not humans, but you know, sub, uh, yeah, an inferior species, and they're treated like dirt, and they, you know, yeah, you go live in your little village and stuff. Um, but they do all the menial, the dirty tasks, and they're happy for scraps and stuff. So I, th- I think Star Trek handles this really well. It is in many ways. It is a recurring theme that pops up, and it has popped up through many of the Star Trek series, of a species that is subjugated by another one and it has just that's just the way it is um, well the, pro- the problem is is that it's also a recurring theme amongst humanity yes of course it is of course it is and 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 all the best stories are um, just mirrors held up to ourselves to and highlighting one particular horrible part of us that we yeah. might be uncomfortable to watch but we need to see so that we don't become horrible people ourselves to try and enlighten us maybe yeah I mean I don't know whether we'll include examples in our uh, in our recording but we can talk about black Africans we can talk about Mexicans we can talk about Romanians yeah you can talk about (laughs) any race that has been um bumped into by a more powerful one yeah exactly any country Sorry. any any race any any type of people or you could talk about japan and china yeah oh, yes <laughs> yes that's another per, another great example mm-hmm. yeah i'm not sure that i want to, to to veer into no i don't i don't want oh. to i don't want to really talk too much about that because this this episode is highlighting that all for us in yes. in data's plight. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that do, stuff that doesn't need to be said, but I just kind of wanted to get it off my chest. Yeah, no, I, I fully <laughs> understand. I fully understand. And um, the Picard's conversation with Guinan was triggered because of Riker's very good um, very good presentation on the fact that data is just a machine because if you look at it he is his physical body is just a machine in the same way mm-hmm. that Picard later says so are we just of a different type because we are all, mm-hmm. we're just biological machines not mechanical machines um, and he takes his arm off and says look it's that and you're like but then but then what about prosthetics they can do that mm-hmm. you know we wouldn't say that you know you longer have sentience because you've got a fake arm but the 
the big thing was is when he just turns off data by using the the override switch on yeah his that back. that was a shocker that was did <laughs> you that, that bit earlier in the episode you know where he goes i refuse to do it and he goes well i'll just have to um lavar says well if you don't do it i'm gonna have to rule in favor of maddox so yeah. Riker says oh i don't like doing it but Riker is is driven and good at his job and tries to be impartial you know when he finds out excuse me that data's got the off switch he's like yeah i've got it and then suddenly realizes oh my god i've got it yeah you know because he's like it's like yeah I, I can win this and then he just suddenly realizes oh no i can win this and data's going to be destroyed to to be fair Riker does what he's supposed to yes that's exactly right yeah. and Riker always does his duty mm -hmm. i think and yeah he 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 did he did what he was supposed to he to say he took no pleasure from it is is a, is, is an understatement mm -hmm. but he did his duty as you said uh, as as painful as it was mm because he even does that you know when Pinocchio is broken its strings have been cut and he sits back mm. and it's just the look of what's well, a resignation it's just, yeah it? remorse that he's got on his face because he's like you know that was pretty good stuff yeah it's um, there is something that comes up in the question about mm. the, the you know, three things that make a sentient being mm -hmm. And Lavoie, <clears throat> I think she really, intentionally or, or unintentionally, <laughs> highlights the uh, highlights the the issue here with determining data sentiency for certain people. Anyway, um, she says, "Does he have a soul?" Mm -hmm. And and that goes back to our ineffable questions or ineffable concepts, because that's you cannot quantify or qualify that at all no at all you know you cannot you cannot say that somebody has or has not has something that we cannot determine and i think it's just a way of it's it's asking whether he has a soul is just i mean to put it another way does he have that spark yeah that's that's right she her line is We've all been dancing around the basic issue. Does Data have a soul? I don't know that he has. I don't know that I have. But I've, I have got to give him the freedom to explore that question himself. And that is the yes. core of it, is that he is a self-aware, conscious being that has to be given the right to live his life in the way that he wants to. Yeah, and 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 I th I think for, for me personally, that's that's the real crux mm. in the episode. That's the real, you know, if you really just want to narrow it down, that's it right there mm. for me. Mm. Um, the fact that she says I don't know that I have also says to me that she's quite conscious this is not something she can quantify or qualify, mm -hmm. and so therefore, who is she to judge? whether he does exactly yeah she she 
also says I'm neither competent nor qualified to answer these questions that have been raised by Picard. Q John Delancey. Hey. <laughs> Q John Delancey. Q Q. Yeah. There was Q. There's a play on words that fell really flat on his face. <laughs> yes, sorry, I totally it missed it. Q as in C U E as in this is your Q uh, and then Q as in John Delancey. Okay, <laughs> so I missed it. Sorry, my man. Move, move, moving, moving along. Moving along. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, it really comes into into, into oh, for God's sake. Um, so it really comes into focus when that was a really terrible joke. I will not do that one again. Mm. Um, the thing that really sort of strikes a chord with us as the viewer, and undoubtedly. With Picard and and with and with Riker, and one would hope with Lavoir is is the discussion about Tasha's Hollow. Yes, yeah, and everybody looks goes ooh, don't they? It, because Picard goes, why do you have this picture of Tasha? Um, you know, you've got no other portraits of fellow crewmates. Um, and Data mm. says, I don't really want to answer that question because I've given my word not to speak about it. Mm-hmm. And he he reveals that Tasha was special because they'd been intimate together. Yes. Which, as a machine, I mean, well, just as a non-thinking machine, why would it matter? <laughs> to give well, his ac- word. according to that particular episode, he is uh, fully anatomically correct and yes. fully functional. Yeah, but that, that's <laughs> right. But it's it's it's. <laughs> It's part of Picard's reasoning that um, data is more than just a bunch of heuristic algorithms and a bit of mechanics. He is he is more than that. He is because, like he says, if if he was just a non-thinking machine, what does it matter of the the um, what, why would he keep it? Because, like you said earlier, he must have a fully eidetic memory of that evening that he could call up whenever he wanted to mm-hmm. or if he wasn't a sentient thinking feeling being would you've just deleted it if that memory if it um if he needed more storage space if he was running out of it you know whatever it, it's yeah it's a good it's a good maneuver by picard to highlight before he starts attacking Commander Maddox about his um, criteria for sentience, sentience that Data is already fulfilling the um, criteria for sentience before he even um, before he uh, coerces Maddox into agreeing that Data has sentience yeah, it, it, again, we go back to that. We go back to that poker game. Mm-hmm. So data knows the logic. Mm-hmm. Data knows the principles, mm-hmm. and all of that of feelings um, and relationships with other people, his own, his, his crewmates, and such. But there was something ineffable 
that that made him keep that that hollow of Tasha mm -hmm. because he could have recalled it at any time, every single microsecond of it. Yeah, yeah. But there was some something about that that is that is different. That is that just says that is is intangible, mm -hmm. as it were. Mm -hmm. That's right. But thankfully, Maddox has shown that he's a bit of an idiot, and he eventually agrees that Data is sentient. Yes, Picard corners him quite nicely, doesn't? Yeah, he? yeah. He just he. He he sets them all up with you know talking about the medals and then talking about the book. Why do you have this book? It goes this is a reminder of my friendship and service with the captain. You know he starts talking about Tasha Yar, and then the hostile witness of Commander Maddox, who's sitting in that chair like a smug prick as well. Oh god! <laughs> and um, and then just talks himself into agreeing that by his own criteria, Data has sentience. Mm. Mm. And and data answers talking about my rights, my status, my life. Mm -hmm. Picard finishes not with a flourish because he's above that, mm -hmm. but he says, "Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits." And I, th I think he could have done a flare of the hand. Yeah, because you know, he did yeah, the point. He says, but... Well, there it sits, waiting. <laughs> waiting yeah. for, for your judgment yeah mm. and, and and this is the great thing about Patrick Stewart is he could have hammed that up so much yeah he could have done he could have done he could he's better than that though <laughs> there, there are there are plenty of people in that role who would have done who, it. who would have chewed the fuck out of that scenery <laughs> yeah let's let, let's imagine Al Pacino <laughs> like in a this devil's role. advocate <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Your Honor, Starfleet was founded. Om nom 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Al, that's, that's the table. What are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, the, I couldn't have picked a worse example. Mm. A worse example, could I? <laughs> no, well, you know, it's like the antithesis of Picard standing there doing. You know. <laughs> oh. So anyway, Picard doesn't choose scenery as much as just kind of smoulders over it. Mm -hmm, that's right. <laughs> Bans it in the crucible of the truth, so to speak. Oh, the, oh, oh, oh nice segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I like, I like Data refuses the orders, you know, but still encourages Maddox to continue his work because he's like, um, I'm, I'm intrigued with what you're proposing. And, um, and if Data agrees, you know, he someday in the future he might um, he, he's, he'll work with him I think which I is which really is... just annoys me data, data is just so fucking wholesome mm. I hate him for that but then Maddox Maddox refers to Data as a he right now because LeVar says like he's remarkable isn't he and, and Maddox says um, yes he is and uh, LeVar says oh you just referred to him as a he you know, yeah, because that's the first time. Because you know, I, was, I, I said earlier, didn't I, that I watched this with my partner, and she said, you know, in the in the beginning when they're in the conference room, she goes, "Oh, I don't like him. He's smug and keeps calling <laughs> Data in it." <laughs> <laughs> she 
She doesn't speak like that, though. You know, she's ladylike. Mm. Oh, yes, 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 undoubtedly. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so we finish off with um, Picard. Picard, several days or weeks later, we're not sure of the actual time frame this takes over, but finally he goes, Philippa, dinner. I'm buying. I'm buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, so, the, the, that's that's got to be the same time, hasn't it? Because they're still at the starbase. I yes. think. Yeah, but it could be like the next day or, or that evening or whatever. But um, oh, Philippa, dinner. Yes. <laughs> you know, like I command you, woman. <laughs> dinner with Earl Grey. Hot. <laughs> But uh, I, I like the end. Riker doesn't join the the um, celebration on the holodeck because he's. Well, well, this this is what I'm talking about. Data being so bloody wholesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, carry on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just. Yeah, just that's right. Because saying my time but he's worth. not. He's being a good person and a friend to his friends because he because he goes to find Riker because he notices Riker isn't there for starters. So he goes to find him and Riker's being all teenagery in the dark well to, to be fair he did nearly have got, it's got to be hard on him yeah yeah and he said like but you know he'd be, like, be like me just going yeah chris um you know we're good mates we've been mates for years and stuff but um gonna have to put you down mate mm-hmm. um and that's what i've been told i don't want it to happen but i've i've been told that's what i need to make happen mm-hmm. and i like you buddy um, as long as you, you know, you leave me your Star Trek collection um, <laughs> before we go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't go through, it's fine. I'm just going to be a bit distant for a while because <laughs> just... you you might want to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna gaze out the window in the dark. Yeah, you know, listening exactly. to some Cradle of Filth or something like that. You know, for something emo. You know, no, no, no. It's just a Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah, oh my god. Um. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, but like the wind blows. <laughs> data. Anyway. But anyway, data says thanks to Riker because, like, the pain that he endured has, in effect, helped him along the way. Anyway, you know, you still did your duty, even though it caused you pain. So mm. I can't remember the exact words. Unfortunately, he he, he said um, he, he his his he said um, something. I can't remember the exact words, but. Um, that action injured you and saved me. Mm. That was those. That's, that's it. What he said. That's, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that act injured you and saved me. I will not forget it. Uh, Riker does his the Riker smile and says, "You're a wise man, my friend." And Data again says, uh, "Not yet, sir, but with your help, I am learning." So uh, yeah, it it, it uh, ends good. And, and I, I think that that that, fine, that final interaction between them mm. justifies the whole result. Exactly, because it just shows that data is is caring, individual, sentient yeah. person. And and unlike the episode that we covered last week, move along home. Mm. Everyone learned something. Yes. 
Yeah. Everyone. And, and I mean Maddox, I mean Lavoie, I mean Picard, Data, Data the lot. Riker, everybody who has a, a large part in this episode, you're right, everybody has learned something. And that's what we want from our Star Trek. <laughs> that's exactly what we want from our Star Trek. Not a nothing episode with bad acting. Exactly. <laughs> Alan Raid. Oh, I can't even remember the rhyme, but I'm sure it'll probably haunt me in my mm, sleep later. Probably. I'm going to text you it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. No, you're right. <laughs> All right. So, I what... Just summary, what were your thoughts on this episode? Give it to me. Classic Star Trek, exploring what it is to be human. And done really well. Uh, I'm not sure I can top that, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, all, um, all the best Star Trek episodes are about what, um, what it is that makes humans human. And asks us to um, explore our own selves a little bit mm -hmm. and this is really good in the fact that it does ask us questions excuse me about how we would act or how we treat other races and and people and things mm -hmm. over over like your own um, agency or and and how how just because they're different doesn't mean they're any less valid yeah and I, I think going on that on that tack and referring back to our previous comments of holding up a mirror mm -hmm. which is let's be honest when Star Trek is holding a mirror up to ourselves it is at its very peak mm -hmm. um, this is a story that has been told in the human history time and time and time again it's happening now mm -hmm. and it will continue happening in the future mm -hmm. sadly yeah but if we can learn from this story you know even if we're a bit of a niche audience <laughs> if we can learn from this this if we can learn from this story then hopefully it will stop a few of us from repeating those same mistakes. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. That was a bit. That was a bit deep, I know, but <laughs> I do. I do firmly believe that. No, you're so. you're right. If if it, it, this is the same story as what has been told in in countless different media types, and it just means it resonates more with us because it's in a situation or in a setting that we particularly like. You know, in a, in a series which is defined by its um, by its uh, evolution of humanity, from being warring tribal faction to a united people, going out and spreading peace if it can. Yeah. Mm. So hopefully we can. Hopefully. Hopefully we can all we can all draw on this and 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 indeed the episode gives me just gives me a glimmer of hope as well. Mm. Yeah, if if we could strive to be a little bit more towards Gene Roddenberry's idea of a utopian future, 
you know, I'm every not necessarily step. sure about, about about Gene Roddenberry's idea of a utopian future, but just just being decent human beings to each other. Yeah, in the words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. I am totally with you on that, <laughs> and then with that, we'll wrap that up. But before we do that. Let's uh, let's talk about next week, Chris. What are we doing? It's your pick. Tell us. I wanted to go back to Voyager. Okay. But I'm not going to. Because the last uh, the last expedition into Voyager wasn't so successful. Was it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but that that was my fault. I held my hands up. Um, I was going to choose a, a one of an episode of Voyager. Um, but I want to go and do um, another data episode okay and I want us to meet data's brother for the first time oh I'm not sure how I feel about this go on (laughs) Um, it's an episode called data law do you remember oh, it God. from series one you're going to spring this one on us are you what's wrong with this this is great <laughs> no, it's a great episode it's a great episode and, and and while we're talking about data you know today I, I you know he's he's a great character and, and I'm a, on a bit of a high for it at the minute and after the last you know last week's episode of DS9. <laughs> that was your pick. I know, I know that it was. was your I know pick. it was. And I feel that we should do another wonderful Star Trek Next Generation episode before, you know, to cleanse our palate. Because everyone likes TNG. Because even. It's, uh, and, <laughs> you know, and, and we can. My next pick will be a um, DS9 episode. Okay. But. I just after today's one of data I'm like oh yeah let's get on a bit of a data high and I shall practice my moustache twirling <laughs> in, in anticipation of this <laughs> I'm law <laughs> oh I think we've already covered the episode so <laughs> yeah. what's next <laughs> yeah and so yeah what's your pick <laughs> All right, so next time we shall be covering Data Law, an episode from TNG, Chris's pick, and um, to be frank, I'm really annoyed that he beat me to it. (laughs) Sorry, my man. Uh, Tell us what you think of this episode and what your thoughts are for Data Law. Um, Get to us on the social networks. Uh, You've got uh, Facebook slash Shields Up Podcast, Twitter shields up six and instagram shields up podcast or of course you can email us with your thoughts ideas for episodes uh, recipes anything really yeah to tell us uh, we're not very good at this but you know but but privately so we're not too embarrassed by it all yeah be really mean to us especially chris (laughs) um at uh, shields up podcast at gmail.com uh, honestly guys um, all constructive criticism is welcome we'd really appreciate it anything that we can do to improve mm-hmm. anything that you want to hear anything that you want us to explore 
get in touch with us let us know this has been shields up podcast uh, i'm nev and with me is chris bruce maddox <laughs> Bruce, with me is Bruce, Bruce Maddox, <laughs> asshole extraordinaire. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.